Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show is John from Barbell Asylum in the United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, John. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good. I'm glad to hear that you are doing good, and I'm very excited to have you here in the podcast to learn more about your gym business. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty business side of things, I'm curious, when you first established this gym business, John, what was the vision that you had in mind for it? Well, originally, because I was an ex-athlete, I was like, oh, it'd be really good to work with athletes. But that's always just sort of like the elite, the 1% of the 1% if you ever get mm-hmm. people like that. Um, and then it quickly became about trying to help as many people as I can help um, get into shape, sort of dial in things that seem super complicated to the general population, your know, soccer moms and things like that. Just dial it in, make it super simple and, you know, create a, a space where people get into shape real quick. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. Mainly started with a background in athletics. Same here. I've always been an yeah. athlete. You have too. Uh, but realized that we also need to be able to serve other people as well because athletes, they're great, but they're the top, you know, 1% of people. It's difficult to train that many and have consistent revenue. But um, yeah. so for the listeners understanding of, you know, who you are and what it is that you do, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what kind of services do you offer to your clients? All right. Uh, the full package, really. Um, so we use sort of some really good technology to get basic stats about each person, body composition, all that sort of stuff. Um, we dial in nutrition for each person personally. Uh, we have a training program dedicated to men and a specific program dedicated to ladies. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because they work at different capacity levels, women do much better at higher volume, men do much better at lower volume, higher weight. Uh, so we work through that. Um, it is a dedicated strength program. Um, and then we also do a bunch of stretch your face off sort of type of deal stuff as well. Uh, I do a lot of mindset coaching with clients as well. So depending on what each client's needs are. So even though we do group training, each client gets treated as, as if we were doing one-to-one training. So I've dealt with people who have real issues with food, um, helping with them with mindset and changing their, their, their mind and, and how they consume food, how they look at food. I've worked with people who have hip replacements or major surgeries and, brought them back back to normal i've also mm-hmm. dealt with your average soccer mom that's just you know trying to look good because i'm going on holiday to greece in summer uh, so mm-hmm. uh so you know we, we we dialed it all in as well um and then yeah pretty much a one-stop shop in terms of nutrition training fitness mindset all that sort of stuff okay so an all-around approach to you know serving your clients both men and women young and older there um yeah. <clears throat> with the one-on-one in the group so i'm curious with those you know, two services, the one-on-one and group training, how many clients are you serving right now? Right now, we're probably looking at about 65, 70 clients. Um, we we had a much higher client base pre-COVID, mm-hmm. um, but that's pretty much where we're sitting now. Um, sometimes it drops as low as like 40 clients and then jumps back up to like 60 clients. We're trying to retain a, between the two gyms, we're trying to retain probably around about 110 clients would be a good capacity for us, mm-hmm. um, but we're we're about halfway there. Okay. So yeah, COVID and the pandemic times were a large hit on, the, on our industry and for gym owners. Um, so before COVID, what did your numbers look like then? 
before COVID, you know, my one location was doing about 80 to 90 clients, um, wow. which was really good. Um, mm-hmm. That was between sort of the group training, which was a large capacity of my clientele. Um, and then my one-to-ones as well, um, mm-hmm. which was working. I, you know, I had, I had, there was a lot going on. Uh, the gym was very busy. Um, I had other coaches doing their sessions from there as well. Um, but then as COVID hit, that just sort of, it, it changed yeah. the entire Everything landscape just got for us. hit really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So right now with this business, you're at about 65 to 70 members. So I'm curious, you know, is that somewhere you want to stop at or eventually bring in some new faces and max out these facilities? No, I'm trying to max the facilities out. So um, uh, since we've come out of all the lockdowns and everything in the UK, so since sort of January around about life kind of went back to normal here, from, mm-hmm. back to normal, um, a little different, but back to normal. Quote, yeah, yeah, quote, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, we try to use the same marketing strategies we did before COVID and they, they didn't seem to work. I then went from one marketing guru to another marketing guru to another. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of, it, it kind of went from bad to worse at certain stages. Um, then in October, September, I, I got hold of an, an, a company, sort of a last cost company. I was like, look, we need to sort this out. Um, and from the word go, they really delivered. Um, mm-hmm. So their marketing strategy were, were really good. It was kind of the same that we did before COVID, but far more effective. I'm not sure how they were so much more effective than any other marketing company I'd used before. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had some personal issues and I had to put all of that on the backside. Um, you know, my mother passed away and all that. So I kind of had to stop everything because I had to go back to South Africa for that. Um, mm-hmm. So we're restarting the entire campaign again uh, from January because I, I felt starting a campaign in December probably not ideal especially here because the winters are really cold here people aren't looking to do anything going into christmas um and then as as we come out of a pandemic we go into another sort of financial worldwide financial crisis yeah, recession and stuff going on yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of messes with people's heads in terms of where they want to put their money in and and what they then prioritize over personal health mm-hmm. um i sometimes use the analogy you know if, we, if we're in an airplane and the airplane's about to to crash or there's an emergency and the gas marks fall down, you know, you're always told to put the, the oxygen mask on yourself first before you look over everyone else because if you aren't in a good state and you aren't looking after yourself, then you're you can't okay. help you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when, when, when there's a crisis, people don't look after themselves as a priority. Um, mm. So we've just been battling a bunch of all, all, all of that. But we do have a very strong marketing plan coming in from January and we're hoping to start maxing out as, as much as we can. That's exciting to hear. So, so is that going to be mainly through Facebook, Instagram? What does that look like? Yes. So, so we're looking at um, Facebook as the main catalyst um, Mm -hmm. and, and just sort of putting all our eggs in one basket for now um, instead of diversifying too much, because then we we're we're picking up scraps from everywhere. So Mm -hmm. the the plan would be to hit Facebook really hard. Um, The company we work with, I think the, the biggest issue was with Facebook as well is they kept changing the algorithms. Yeah. So mm-hmm. me as a gym owner and an ex-athlete, you know, I can I can hit things really hard and I can lift heavy things, but keeping up with the Facebook algorithm started to become a real problem for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas these guys have dedicated people for that, so that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the age-old email marketing. So we get a bunch of emails. We try try build relationships that way and and get people to to actually trust what we do. And and because I think that that's the next thing is is people seem to be less trusting after COVID mm-hmm. about things, which is quite strange. Um, mm-hmm. 
So we have to obviously make sure that we deliver what we say we're going to deliver. Luckily, we do. Yeah, exactly and fulfilling our promises. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I really want to uh, really dive into what you said there in terms of, you know, we can pick up heavy stuff, we can lift weights, we can eat the right food. But like, yeah. we came in this industry because we love doing that. We didn't come here to do the marketing side and do yeah. all this business stuff. We do it because we love working out um, and helping yeah. people. Yeah. So, so with this company, I'm curious, how long have you guys been, you know, working together? I literally, um, this, this company has been aggressively marketing to me as a gym owner for oh. about a year and a half. And I just sort of put it off, put it off, put it off. And, mm-hmm. you know, every, every six weeks I'd get a massive envelope with a bunch of marketing stuff. And I'd be like, nah, this just looks like, it, it, it looks like fake marketing. It doesn't look like it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I'd find like a, an individual guy and, and, and I'd try him and then, Eventually, I just said to this company, because they kept coming after me, like, guys, I'm not interested. I'm actually looking at potentially closing one of my gyms down. And they phoned me. So, like, straight away, I sent the email, and within two minutes, I got a phone call. And I was like, hello? And they were like, stop. Stop what you're doing. Let's set up a meeting. I promise you our marketing works. I was like, all right. Uh, and, they, I mean, they didn't lie. I mean, within, I mean, we were going for about six weeks until I had to go back to South Africa for my mom's funeral. Mm. And they had literally delivered on everything they said they would, which was very different to what I'd experienced the entire year uh, from other marketing um, campaigns and marketing mm-hmm. companies. Okay. So what uh, do they do for you? So they've got a whole backend system in terms of, of training, which I okay. thought I didn't need because I've been in the gym business for a while now. I know mm-hmm. how to like, it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do as a gym owner, but as a gym owner, we have to be able to do everything from, making the coffee to cleaning the gym to Finances, doing the programming to, and then and, and making the sales yeah and <laughs> um so they've got a whole back-end training system and uh, you know i really looked at everything again because i think what happened was as a business owner you're you're, you're trying so much and as as good as failing is because like in the gym we need to fail to progress i get it you know that that's how it mm-hmm. works um but when you're a business owner when you keep failing it starts becoming really hard to pick up the phone and make sales and pick up the phone and make sales and you start second guessing if you're actually good at that part of everything mm-hmm. um so i started really looking at some of their training um you know I, I, and the strategies that they use and their phone calls and their scripts and all that sort of stuff and i was like and that sort of just sort of sort of lit another fire and then as that started to work and we started to gain momentum and make sales and make sales and make sales, it started to, to, to become easier. Um, unfortunately, the momentum stopped with my mom's passing. Yeah. Um, so I got hold of them and I was like, look guys, this is what's happened. And they were nice enough because I, I did a 90 day sort of accelerate program with them where I, I pay just over a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. for 90 what days. What company is and, it by the way? I'm kind of curious. No, it's called FMA, Fitness Marketing Agency. It's a UK based agency. Oh, okay. Um, um and uh and they were like look tell you what let's just stop everything we'll restart it in january you've already paid us for the 90 days but because you obviously weren't able to use it we'll just restart the and we'll give you six weeks back um in january and then we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens in those six weeks and then we'll talk afterwards again so you know hopefully in those six weeks we gain some sort of momentum again and we can just keep putting money back into the marketing so we can grow Mm -hmm. yeah it's exciting to uh to look forward and and to, you know, envision what it is that you want. So I'm curious, you know, with this gym business, what is it that you want? Like, what is the, the goal in the next year or so? Um, 
the goal would be to set up the gyms so that they're they're sort of taking over mm-hmm. um, and then focus on getting an online sort of an online training program set off so that we can delve into the online because when you own a gym um, I, I'll max out at you know 60 people at one location and 110 people at the other location then I'm maxed mm-hmm. out in terms of the amount of, of people I can help and clients I can help whereas if I have an online platform, um, I could probably help far more people um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I'm not looking at having my own app or anything like that. I just kind of want to take what we do at the gym and put it online. So you can go more nationwide more than just in the local area. hundred percent. But because what we do in the gym really works, it doesn't make sense changing, you know, reinventing the wheel really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Might as well just get more of what's working instead of doing something new. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So my next question here for you, John, I always like to ask this because it gets you thinking about the business. Yeah. It also gets me thinking too. Um, what is the biggest bottleneck right now that is holding you back from getting to that next level of business? Uh, I, I've actually thought about it a little bit because I, I, I can't keep saying COVID has caused this issue because, you know, it's been, it's been a while since COVID actually hit us. So, you know, technically I should be over it. Uh, but I think coming out of COVID, every, every decision I made, it seemed to be the wrong decision. Um, mm. So the bottleneck, I think, is trusting myself every time I go, okay, cool, we're going to do this. And then I start second guessing, is that the right decision? Is that the right decision? Um, mm. Because I'm also just a, a, one-man, a one-man show. So it's, it's just me, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't really have people to bounce ideas off of when I'm taking the risk. I'm taking the risk on my own. So after a year of sort of hitting the ground, hitting the ground, hitting the ground and not being able to gain momentum and keep going, well, how, how come this is happening now? Because pre-COVID, we were flying. And yeah. post-COVID, I can't seem to, you know, I, oh, let's turn left. Yeah, I should have turned right. Oh, let's jump. No, I should have ducked. So mm-hmm. it's, I should have zagged when I zigged instead of zigging when I zagged type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the biggest bottleneck now is just sort of, deciding to make the decision and then be like, that is the right one. Mm-hmm. I'm not second guessing that the entire time. Okay. I think that's so, where, where I'm at right now. So having more certainty in your decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it seems to have been the wrong decisions a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I understand you. Cause you know, when I used to run my lawn care business happened yeah. every single day, it was like, do I go knock on doors? Do I not? And then decision yeah. paralysis came in and I'm like, Come with some wants. Just do what I know what to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is um, the thing, like, pre-COVID, it was like, we're going to do this, and then it would work. And we're going to do this. If it didn't work, that didn't matter because the, there was something else that was working. And mm-hmm. then post-COVID, it was like, nothing was working. And now I, I, the game oh. has changed, and it's yeah, yeah not always yeah. the way it used to be. No, no. And I've got a couple of friends who are gym owners um, around the country. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got three, three buddies that are... Um, that I know one of them sort of sold out because he was like, look, COVID showed me I'd rather want to go live in Dubai and, and be a bodybuilder and, and do that <laughs> than, than run my own gym. Um, <laughs> and then the other two are just just killing it, sort of bounced back in a massive way. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't I don't know. Like, And then I tried to do what they did and that didn't work for me either. And I was like, well, I'll fr- I, I think we figured it out now. Um, mm-hmm. So it should, it should be good. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, 
So one of my last questions here for you, John, you know, going into 2023, there are three ways to grow a gym business, getting more members, getting more money out of each member, having them spend more money with you and retain them longer. Out of those three, where do you think you're going to focus most on going into the new year? I think in order, in, in the, in the three that you just mentioned, they are the only three. Um, so one would be getting in new members in terms of importance. And second would be retention. Um, and then third, I don't, this is probably a, a, a self-limiting issue with me. Um, okay. but because I already deliver a full service to my clients for a set price, trying to figure out how to get more money out of them kind of leaves me sort of stuck. Um, I've spoken to a lot of sort of experts and they're like, no, 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 but you should be charging more. So because we do nutrition, they're like, no, no, charge more as an extra service. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I do strength training, they're like, no, 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 don't do strength training, do something else. And then for strength training, you charge more. And then I look at sort of some of the gyms around me and I see that they're, they're, they're charging probably in terms of pounds, maybe a hundred pounds more a month than I charge for mm-hmm. less than what we do. And I'm going, I can't physically I, it's, it's not that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a greedy person. It's got nothing to do with being greedy or whatever like that. It's just mm-hmm. I'm going, if, if I, I'm already giving them all this value, I don't want to try and get more money out of them for what, what more could I give them? So I'd rather focus on retention and getting more clients in. Um, it's probably the wrong way to look at business, but I feel like in terms of, of, of where my, my personal moral values are, it's mm-hmm. like, I've said, I'm going to do this for you for this price. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to now six months in go, look, now I'm going to charge you more for this. or charge you more for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense to you at all. Or, no, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. Cause I actually speak to a lot of gym owners who, you know, are a little hesitant to charge more or to add additional services that cost more. But I'm just curious, you know, what do you think it is that like holds you back from charging more for your services? Cause obviously you're doing a great service. So it's like, yeah, why not charge more? I, I get asked that a lot. And then my first response is, I don't know, actually, I don't know why I charge more. Um, I, mm-hmm. I probably could charge more if I, if I, honestly, if I look at gyms that, that do what we do and, and use this sort of, so we use an in-body machine yep. to check our clients monthly if they want to, you know, we pop them on there. Body fat, weight, all that stuff. Yeah. Everything, everything, density, like everything. So, uh, and it, it, it checks your, your, you know, it breaks down your right arm compared to your left arm and right leg compared to your left leg. So we can see massive imbalances. We can see improvement to 1% gram, or we can see, you know, there's no improvement to one mm. gram. Um, and, you know, everyone's like, why did you charge more? And I'm like, I feel like we're, we're, I, I think, if I'm honest, that's probably because we've been struggling to get our get back on the uh, on our feet after COVID. So I'm mm-hmm. just like, no, you know, I should probably charge less. Um, luckily, I haven't done that. <laughs> but, Good, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I haven't charged more either because I, I look at the people that are my members and I see, you know, the war in Ukraine and the financial recession everyone's going into and the, and the cost of 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 just heating your house now in winter is going mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, you know, I, I started this business to help people and. I get that my time comes at a, at, a, at a cost, but if I'm here to help people, suddenly charging my members more money for the same service because, because everyone else is charging more money um, kind of doesn't sit right with me if I'm trying to help people, if that makes any sense to you. Um, it does make sense to me, yeah. I probably need to relook at, at how I'm packaging the, the entire experience and, and maybe mm-hmm. I can find a way to charge more for something else. Um, mm-hmm. 
or okay. you know add maybe like a baseline service and add a upper tier higher one premium i mean you could go a million yeah. ways with this business there's yeah yeah multiple avenues um but last question here for you john i'm curious you know this is an opportunity to go back to when you first started what is that one piece of advice that you'd give yourself going into this gym business that's a good question that's um focus on service as okay. in focus on service to your members i think um loyalty goes both ways and in a world where loyalty doesn't always get rewarded and people sometimes just sort of see the services we do as a as a quick fix when what we do isn't a quick fix nothing in the fitness industry is a quick fix and everybody's no. trying to sell a quick fix. everything it's, requires time exactly um is just focus on the service that i'm delivering and and not take any, anything personally in terms of people coming and going because everybody not everybody goes because of, of poor service sometimes they go because of their anything. life being great. so don't don't take any of that personally and just focus and and and, and keep focusing on the service that you deliver because i think it, it because you're a gym owner and because you're a coach you build personal relationships with everybody so mm. you're always trying to find out about people in their lives and and you have personal chats with people to try help them um so when somebody leaves it's very hard not to take it personally. Um, but I think the, the advice I would take is, is don't take that personally. And remember, even though we started this business to help people, it still is a business. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. is. And the gym business is its own beast. It's not like any other business in the world. It is it can be day-to-day, day-to-day yeah. grind sometimes. Um, yes. But yeah, John, before we sign off here, what are your social medias and your website so our listeners can yeah. find you? Yeah, so um, our, our Facebook page is Barbell Asylum. Um, and then our website is www.barbellasylum.com. And you can get everything from there as well. Uh, my number's on there, my email address is on there. And yeah. Awesome, uh, we're obviously we're obviously speaking to an american crowd but yeah if anybody from the uk is there are some uk listeners too so i mean that is good um uh, yeah good. john thank you for uh sharing those and i want to thank you again for hopping on the podcast today it was a no great time to talk to you all right no worries thanks you thank you for your time of course and everyone else who tuned in today we appreciate you as well and don't forget if you want to be notified about our future episodes hit the like and subscribe button and if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Miles Brownhill from Fossway CrossFit out of Newark in the UK. Welcome to the show, Miles. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm awesome. Super excited to have you on. Um, but before we dive in into the business, first, tell us what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Uh, it was kind of like a pipe dream for myself and a friend in uni. And while we were, uh, I was playing. Uh, 
a decent standard of soccer, I guess, or football in, in Scotland. That was all the ultimate dream. And when that didn't work out, then I kind of did sports science at uni, got into the personal training thing from there, and then went to live, do a ski season in France and then Whistler in Canada. And from there, got into the CrossFit scene and then saw that that was replacing kind of semi-professional soccer for me. And it was a kind of cheaper way, an easier way to open a CrossFit gym and a big commercial gym with all the equipment and all the outgoings. So for me, the group kind of exercise CrossFit scenario was uh, more suited to me than just personal training one-to-one because you could touch base with more people in a shorter space of time, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that's better for business and it's more fun, right? Like having that big group environment um, as opposed to those one-on-ones. Um, but, but tell us about Fastway CrossFit. How do you describe um, the gym itself and all the services that you offer? So it's a, it's a CrossFit gym, relatively small, maybe 2,500 square feet. Um, but we've just kind of started basics six and a half years ago with maybe two rowers, uh, six 12 barbells, so six 20 kilo barbells, six 15 kilo barbells. And then from there, we've just constantly reinvested over the time as the membership grew and have now well, like 22 barbells, four rogue echo bikes, six rowers, three ski eggs, all that. So <clears throat> it's constantly changing when I feel as if I'm happy with it. I then want to change something else for some reason and always invest in new equipment for the space that we have to maximize the class kind of possibilities and programming wise. Um, services, our main focus is the, is the CrossFit base kind of base classes. And we do do personal training, but more so that's some of my other coaches I have will do that. <clears throat> and then also we've obviously got the fundamental slash on-ramp classes that the new members have to go through before they enter the main sessions. Um, and then we've got like a barbell club um, what we call engine, which is more like your interval session. So it's lower complex movements, but more just a big kind of cardio sweat intervals kind of session, which we have named engine. Um, and then, yeah, we've got the barbell club, which I've said, and then we do like gymnastics, speciality stuff. And then we've got a kids, CrossFit kids starting in the new year, which we're going to release to the members soon. Nice. That's awesome. You have like a wide variety of things within CrossFit. So that's super cool. Um, how many members are currently at your, your gyms? Uh, so the main one is we've got about 120 like full unlimited members. And then there's a handful of members that kind of drop in as and when, because where we're based, the, the train is about an hour to London. So a lot of the people will commute from our, our, um, town to London for work so they might spend Monday to Thursday in London and then they'll drop back in at weekends at ours so about 120 main members and then kind of maybe 20 here and there that do like one or two sessions a week. Awesome Um, so is that somewhere where you're kind of happy and comfortable staying are you looking to still grow and and get more people into both the gyms? Uh, well, November, for some reason, uh, was pretty difficult just because we had about six cancellations and six pauses where they've said, oh, I can't come over the winter period or financially it's not working. Can I pause my membership? And I'll, I'll look to come back in the, the new year. So we've gone from those 12 kind of hit us a wee bit and then we're looking to uh, obviously 
do a big push around about the end of January, February time when the Open's on. I find that's when we get our more popular rush because the Open's more exposed on Instagram. It comes up on people's feeds and suggested posts. So I don't find that we ever really get a January rush, like the New Year's resolutions, like early doors. I always find it's toward the end of towards the end of January and like the middle of February when the Open starts coming on that we tend to get a lot more members or potential members coming in. Yeah, I feel like it's that way too. I feel like people go, you know, to like a big box gym and they try it on their own um, first. And then, you know, end of January, early February, they're kind of falling off. They can't really get back into it on their own. And that's when they seek out, you know, a group session or a class or a PT. Um, and then gyms like yours, I feel like see more of an influx later, January, early February. Um, so what's your plan to, to market to those people who are going to be looking for Correct. Yeah. late January? Um, just we've got a videographer I think coming in first week of January so he's going to do some good like content and reels so he worked he worked for me for one of these uh, we kind of run, run a CrossFit competition as well as the gym so we do about two events a year and um, so he did the media coverage for that so he's going to come in and do some reels and content for me in the first week of January so we're just going to kind of push that through Instagram mainly and word of mouth. We've never, since the six, six and a half years we've been open, we've never really done much hardcore marketing in our area. We've just relied on word of mouth um, and I guess socials. And even though we don't post too much on socials, um, it seems to be, it seems to have slowly worked for us. And I kind of like that. It's just developed gradually rather than a heap of people coming in all at once. Yeah. So. Yeah, we keep our classes to about size of maybe 12 to 14 at the most so that they can still get, for our space as well, so they can still get a lot of coaching points. And then the busier sessions like at the weekend, uh, which is like our team sessions where we could have anywhere between 25 and 35 where you pair up or go in teams of threes or fours. Then sometimes we have a double coach where we have two two coaches on just so then everyone, everyone gets kind of good feedback and touch base with. Yeah. Um, tell me more about the social media that you mentioned. So you said it's mostly like organic. Do you ever promote things on social media um, in terms of like ad campaigns or booster posts? We haven't done originally for the, the my original box, but for the new box, which I've opened two months ago, I've now got one of the members who's in, works in marketing, who's now starting to push the Instagram ads and the Facebook ads um, and just around the local area, like a banner up in the area and touching base with a couple local companies to maybe get them in on a corporate membership. Have you seen much um, turnaround or many leads from the social media ads that you started running? Uh, so far, yeah, compared to what it was just before when we started two months ago and we weren't running the ads, we've had quite a few leads, but it's getting them dialed in for a taster. And at this time, around about Christmas period, it's quite hard to get people in because they've got traveling away to see visit families so for example i'm off home to back to scotland tomorrow which is a seven and a half hour drive for five days so then my other coaches are covering but then if other people are doing the same it's hard to get them in for their taster session and then once we do get them in for a taster session we just send them the information about the next steps of the fundamentals which we now do on a one-to-one -one basis um because when we used to do group fundamentals originally, let's say we did we did it to groups of four, but then one person couldn't come to session two and then 
another person couldn't make session four. So then you'd have to get those two individuals back in again in by themselves. So that's another kind of two hours out your schedule where you're focusing on them. So now we just do it one-to-one -one basis and get them in with either different coaches so that we can solely focus on that individual with their technique and movements that they need to move into the CrossFit main sessions. But also it then works around their diary where they won't then cancel a session. You'll have to then get them in with another time sort of thing. So that seems to work best for us. Yeah, definitely. Tell me more about like that, that sales process. So if somebody is interested in the gym, they come do that, that test session. Um, and then from there, who does like the selling? Is it your coaches that um, try to get people to sign up for memberships or is it you specifically? How does that work? So the coaches, if, for example, someone comes to a taster and I'm not the one delivering the session, then they will say that I'll be in touch with them and send them the next step. So from there, obviously, when they come for the taster, they'll fill out, we use TeamUp as our booking software. And so they'll fill out the taster form, their contact details and the, the park queue, et cetera. And then we'll just email them back the next steps and get them booked in kind of our open gym slots around their diary and when our coach is free to get them in. Uh, for the fundamentals so I'll follow up kind of all the sales at the moment to try and get them in we don't it's probably a bad business idea but it's the way I've done it from the start is I don't really like a hard sell so I just want people that want to train and want to improve that to come to the gym really I don't want we don't have contracts so we don't sign them in for a six-month contract and again, it probably is bad business sense in some people's opinion. But for me, if someone comes in and they're not on a contract, it means that me as the coach needs to constantly be touching base with them and coaching them to feel as if they're getting their money's worth. And that then keeps the other coaches engaged with them as well so that they, can, they do feel that they're getting a service. Whereas I find a lot of gyms just get them in on a six-month contract and then that's it. They don't care whether they come once a week or don't come at all whereas if someone doesn't turn up in two weeks i'll be dropping them an email saying how come you haven't been in is there any reason why can is there any way we can help you get back in like does this session suit you better mm -hmm. so we're always trying to keep on top of that so to speak yeah that's really important for retention i'm kind of curious is there a reason that you do the selling and not your coaches have you experimented with that in the past or you just like to to be the one to get in contact with the leads after the session I, generally i just like my coaches to coach uh so that the coaches don't do any cleaning or anything like that or they will do it little bits but mainly that'll be again down to me because I, I guess i like it a specific way but also they're there to coach so i'd rather them worry and focus on the members than um focusing on that part the sales wise generally we've got sessions that run so like 4 p.m to 5 p.m then 6 p.m to 7 p.m so at the time of the end of the session in that crossover period there's not much time for the coach to explain kind of the next um the next process so that's when they'll say i'll get in touch and i'll get them either via the email or uh, they leave their number on the contact details i'll drop them a phone call just to see how they got in the taste or got on in the taste there and then I'll follow it up from there of explaining the next session. So I think coming from me, it's I can explain things the way I want to, to try and get them back in for the taster. Yeah, I totally understand that. I feel like that's definitely like 
as a business owner, liking to have like your hands in it for sure. Like being the one selling, uh, making sure that they're coming in and it's being done the way you want it to be done. Um, yeah. Yeah. As you continue to grow and you have that second location, do you think you'll be able to keep up with selling to both locations or will you eventually, you know, outsource like a sales person? Potentially that's, that would be on the cards. Yeah. I might have to go to my wife cause she, she looks after our two year old daughter and we've got another daughter on the way, but potentially she might have to take over the role of answering some of the emails from home while she's looking after the kids and then following up some leads because she's way more organized than me and like if I don't have a reminder or something in the calendar then it goes or if I don't do it right then so if you emailed me um and I read it but then didn't reply straight away it potentially could get forgotten about because then I'm coaching and then I'm home looking after my daughter and then I'm training or I'm doing something else so I always like to try and respond instantly um otherwise it could fall down a list so it's a it's a learned habit now because it originally when we weren't that busy I could kind of I didn't have that much going on I would reply quite quick but nowadays I'm sure you know like from the podcast or Instagram or anything if somebody replies to a story you put up asking for information let's say on instagram and then 20 other people reply just with like an emoji or a flame emoji or a reaction to your story then that message that they've replied to your story originally gets 20 messages pushed down Mm -hmm. so it can get forgotten about if they're replying or asking for information via instagram and facebook rather than an email so that way so i always try and keep on top of it as best as i can yeah, I'm curious. How do you stay organized? You know, you mentioned you're a dad, you're a business owner of now two gyms. Like, what tools or systems do you use to manage your time and, and keep yourself organized? Um, again, the wife will keep the life organized. She'll just tell me where to be and what to do for anything that's not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and for work-wise, kind, I've always got the set same kind of shifts at the our original box because the other coaches have their set hours as well. But now, because I've added in the second area, I'm, I'm just starting to adapt to the new schedule of, I might be in the morning coaching 6 and 7 a.m. at our original gym, and then the evening um, down at the new box. So then in between that, that's when I might set aside some admin time. So I'll set a couple hours aside where I can really go through the emails and focus on like my calendar list if I've got anything on in there. But... Yeah, if I don't, I've never been one for lists, but that's kind of rubbed off from my wife to me that if I don't make a list, I will forget things. So now if I remember something while I'm coaching, I quickly write on the whiteboard in the corner so I can know to order chalk or I know to follow up that person or anything like that. So a mixture between her reminding me and keeping me in check, but also a few lists here and there. Yeah, definitely. I'm one of those people that was like, oh, I'll just remember. And then I say that like 12 times in a day. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I miss, I'm forgetting something. Yeah, I learned the hard way. I have to write things down. I have to keep a calendar. Um, I completely agree. Yeah, for sure. I've got this one member that comes, he he doesn't, he crossfits, but he mainly just likes weightlifting. So he comes at our open gym time and he'll come in and be like, have you ordered chalk yet? And I'll be like, ah, no. He's like, do it now then. 
Yeah. And then, so he, he, every day he comes in at the same time, five times a week, Monday to Friday. Um, and he keeps me in check occasionally um, as well for things that he feels I need to do. So we've just ordered this new like shelving. He, he came in the other day and he's like, have you ordered that shelving? I was like, no, not yet. He's like, right, do it. And then, cause it was like a custom shelving. The woman hadn't got back to me with a quote. So I followed it up and then she was on holiday. So I managed to get that done today just before right. he came in. So I had the, had the good news to tell him that I'd ordered it. So Yeah, that's awesome that your members keep you accountable as well. That's it. It kind of works both ways. I, I get onto them if they're not attending or not training well, and then they get onto me if I've not ordered something. So Yeah, tell me more about how you keep clients long-term. Like you mentioned, you have someone that comes in really consistently. How do you make sure um, your members stay for the long run and they don't, don't leave? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's hard. There's, there's definitely when I originally set out for a gym, like to create a CrossFit gym, there's more of a turnover than expected. And originally, and still to this day, I kind of take it to heart. Like if someone leaves, I'm like, why they left? Was it something we did? Was it wasn't their coaches, or did they feel if they weren't getting attention? So I always ask for feedback. But I would say out of the kind of fifty percent, well, out of the people that leave only 50% ever get back to you with like a, a probably proper reason yeah. and some some don't even reply so can like retention wise we introduced um, an app which is a UK based app which is called Boxmate uh, which is similar to like beyond the whiteboard in America um, mm. and sugar wad and stuff where you can track your wads you can track your pbs etc so that keeps us them in in track but also after this, they come to me and say oh, I've, I've not been improving and I, we can look at their scores and be like well you pb'd your snatch you pb'd your front squat in this month um, or if you haven't improved you've only actually attended five sessions this month um so member retention that way the box makes pretty good we find um and it creates that community online of people can high five people that pbs they they screenshot their pb alert and then they add it to the Instagram story and then we reshare that um, and it just kind of builds from there really. Uh, apart from that, just offering quality services really and making sure that the coaches touch base and continually coach them. Even if it's just a little coaching point, like one guy the other day, I just changed his grip width and it made a massive difference. And I think for that session, that's, that's really like made a difference to his cleaning jerk because he was like, ah, oh, it feels way different. So, um, just a little, just making sure everyone gets the attention they need to hopefully feel as if it's worthwhile for their money, I guess, and beneficial. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important, making sure they know that you care about their progress too and that you're, you know, checking in to see how everything's going and treating them as a member and not just a number. Um, I think that's super Correct. important. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, no, go ahead. I've Since I've worked at gyms from at uni stage and I've never joined a gym that had a contract which is again goes back to my earlier point of why I didn't introduce contracts as well because CrossFit's a bit like unique in a way like I know in America it's huge um but it's still relatively smallish in the UK but if you sign someone on a six-month contract for a uh, for CrossFit and they come in after a month and they don't like it then they're going to be like I'm paying for five months for nothing so that's why oh, after our intro process, sorry, our fundamentals, we include like a week to train after it. So once they've completed fundamentals, they get a week free to train. Um, 
so that that then allows them to settle in and get a feeling for it and then they can then progress to the membership so i find that that really helps because they're not just coming in off the bat needing to sign up for six months never doing a crossfit session before if that makes sense i think that's like a motivator to like get better and get to the next level too um and i'm sure that helps with um signing rate as well um but what what would you say is like the biggest challenge you're facing in the business now um out of you know lead generation so like getting people in the door um turning those leads into members or keeping members long term what do you think is like the hardest part um for you guys I think turning the leads into members is the hardest part. Um, getting the leads is is okay is is okay to be fair, but a lot of our emails for some reason I'll respond and they potentially could go into people's junk. So after like if I've not heard from them, I'll then obviously follow the email up within kind of a week and then they'll get back to me. And I had the case the other day, some guy booked in for a taster and then text me to say he couldn't make it that night, which was, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Thanks for letting me know. When can we get you next day? And he booked another taster, then just no-showed that. Mm. And then I messaged him to see why. He just said he got held up at work. And then he booked another taster. So he was like, oh, but I can make it this Friday. And then no-showed again. So, like, some people do that, and I don't know why. And I understand it's, like, intimidating sometimes to come into the gym, but... He's gone to all the effort to make the taster and book it. And usually when someone's made the booking, they will come. Yeah. Um, but once they're in for that free taster, it's getting them to kind of almost buy into the fundamentals because you have the people that think that, oh, I'm fit already. I've trained at the gym for eight years. I can do it. When obviously you've got Olympic lifting, you've got like gymnastics movements and CrossFit where they kind of need a, a base level and some kind of instruction before they can just go kind of balls into snatching. So we always obviously enforce the fundamentals unless they've came from another CrossFit gym. So if, if you had came over and let's say you moved over to the UK and you'd been a member of CrossFit gym over there, you would you would come for a taster. And then if we feel you don't need the fundamentals because you can snatch fine and clean and jerk fine, then you would bypass that stage. But Generally, we like to get them into the fundamentals so they, they get that one-to-one basis. And then the freak the free week they get after allows them to kind of buy into it and us to continue to touch base with them mm-hmm. to then hopefully get them into the membership. But I find that stage of getting them from the taster to then buy back into coming in for the fundamentals is the hardest part. Yeah, definitely. I think it comes down to like selling and I think that was the hardest thing for me was going from a personal trainer to a manager was, okay, it's not just about anatomy and physiology anymore. Like more than half my job is psychology of people and selling and marketing. And I think that's the hardest part is, is having to learn that whole other branch um, of the business for sure. Correct. Yeah. I always wondered on my uni course why we did the psychology module and the sociology module. And now it's obviously you're, you're probably aware and know probably better than me but it's how you word the emails or how you how you word certain things to make them feel like they're comfortable to come in or to put that positive word in their head that they see the positive side of that taster session and if they think they were the unfit they think they were on the unfittest in that session when they come in for the taster you need to spin it to make sure that they don't realize that half the members they're training with on that taster session have been there for six months to two years 
and have been through that beginner stage and we're all a beginner at some point so yeah absolutely yeah i think it's also like how much to follow up with this person when to follow up with this person like are we bothering them are we not trying hard enough like there's all these things that go into that nurture of a lead that that can get a little confusing there so yeah i totally i totally feel you on that part being really hard just getting people back in the door um yeah before we start to wrap things up here what would be a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to open a gym so a lot of our listeners are aspiring gym owners what's a what's a piece of advice that that you would tell them i would say have a plan be passionate about it and then just go for it because i don't think there's ever a good time to start or open a business um so you might be thinking, oh, I'll wait till summer and open when people are getting fit for holidays or I'll wait till then. No, there's no good time. Just open it. Work, be prepared to work hours and graft because I was doing the hours from the start from six in the morning till eight in the evening originally. Um, but mentally I'd prepared that I knew to do that to make it a success and such wood so far we're like I say six and a half seven years in and it's still going strong and hopefully this new box will will be the same and it'll just develop into like, like a mini version of what we've got so they've got to believe in the product and the that they're selling and that they're passionate about and hopefully that'll rub off onto everyone else that comes through the door yeah absolutely i totally agree you gotta believe in your in your service that you're providing and believe that it'll work out um and it sounds like you guys are doing a great job you're on to the second location so congratulations on that um but Thank before you. we sign out here tell us where can we find you what's the social media for the gym the website all that good stuff uh so the original one is fosswaycrossfit.com uh or Fosway crossfit on instagram so f-o-s-s-e-w-a-y crossfit and then the kind of CrossFit competition I run is Midlands Fitness Games. And then the new box is CrossFit Grantham. And they're just all on Instagram and website. So just CrossFitCrossFit.com or CrossFitGrantham.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Miles, for being on the show and, and contributing um, to the podcast. And to You're welcome. Tuned in. Thank you. And to everybody who tuned in, um, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Zach from Helix Gym. What's going on, Zach? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, you know, just enjoying the life of being a gym owner. And Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, we're definitely excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run Helix Gym, first tell us a little bit about how you describe the visits to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place? We are a strength and conditioning gym. We're in Los Angeles up in the Valley. And what made me want to start it is I, I kind of just saw a gap in the industry, especially in this area, I would say of, um, you know, people looking for something, we take a performance first approach. So we are, my background is in powerlifting, weightlifting, some CrossFit. Um, and so getting people to really like move well, get stronger, feel fitter, um, feel like an athlete. Mm -hmm. And then, and we kind of saw a gap in that. There was a lot focused on, you know, weight loss and results and not just like getting you to kind of feel strong and powerful and so we wanted to create something that could give that to people so at what point in your career did you notice that there was a gap was there like a defining moment you were like aha there's a gap between here and here i wouldn't say it was a defining moment it was one thing about being in la is there is definitely no shortage of gyms mm -hmm. um every kind of gym you can think of and I'm fortunate enough to be friends with a lot of people in the fitness industry here. And so I would kind of pop into different gyms and do a workout here and there. And I enjoyed it, but I hadn't found one place that kind of gave me all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think that made a big difference. And then really the pandemic and people, I think people's mindset shifted when it came to fitness. Um, it became people kind of saw the mental health benefits of it and looking for places that gave them a sense of community and a sense of self-worth and made them really feel good. Um, and I think on this side of it, there's going to be a lot more people looking for something a little bit more specific, a little more boutique, a little bit yeah. more niche that kind of like is exactly what they want. And so, um, you know, we saw an opportunity to build that for people. Yeah. So when you say the word niche, like, is there a specific type of client that you guys are looking for? I would say that our specific type of client is more of a mindset than like how they look or age or, you know, body type or anything like that. We wanted to take like I said, my background is in powerlifting, weightlifting, CrossFit. I'm very competitive. Mm -hmm. I love doing all that. But for a lot of people, that's very intimidating, those kind of things. And so we wanted to make it more approachable. I think there's a lot of people who have always been intrigued by that and want to kind of like feel like an athlete. Maybe they were and they haven't played sports in 20 years. Maybe they always kind of like wanted to see that side of themselves. And so um, really our clientele is someone who just wants to get better every day and so we will make the workout approachable for anyone we can modify everything you know 
you'll have a bunch of people in there. If we're doing squats, everyone's doing something slightly different, diff lifting different weight, but everyone there is doing the same thing and trying to get better. And so, you know, when I think of our niche and our clientele, it's more of a mindset. I think that's cool. I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So uh, not something that I hear often, I'll say that. Um, yeah. But earlier, you know, before we, we started the main portion of the podcast, we were talking a little bit about your background, which happens to be uh, in business, right? Uh, it's what I went to school for originally. Um, I actually went to school in England. I decided to go <laughs> study abroad and spent three years there um, studying international business and finance. Found that I was not very good at sitting at a desk all day. So as much as I enjoyed talking about it and learning about it, um, I definitely didn't see myself working a kind of corporate job. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I went back to Kansas City, where I'm from, I wound up kind of trying to figure things out, working some odd jobs here and there, and yeah. then becoming a chef. Um, I'd always loved to cook, wanted to do something more hands-on, um, and really did love it. But it is a very tough lifestyle. It is not a healthy lifestyle. It's late nights, high stress. And I found myself getting kind of out of shape. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't so much like looking out of shape. It was just, I had always played sports growing up. When I was in England, I played on the football team there. I played rec league soccer. Like I had always been very active and I found myself just like low energy, sluggish, um, high stress, high anxiety, and just not feeling like the athlete that I had always felt like. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of how I found fitness. I started working out with a friend of mine who was a bodybuilder who convinced me to do a physique competition with him. Um, I'd done some powerlifting before, so I'd spent time in the weight room, but that was very different for me. And so for me, it was fun to have something to train for. Right. Always gave me that motivation. And so I did that and just started getting more and more into fitness. You know, before I had been anyone that played sports in high school, like you go to the gym, but you have no idea what you're doing. Like you don't really learn much about the actual mechanics and, you know, science behind fitness. And so um, found myself like getting more interested in that and getting a couple other friends to go to the gym with me and work okay. out with me and seeing first seeing the shift in me, not just physically, but really mentally, and then seeing how it kind of helped them um, make that shift mentally. And so when I, while I was training for that, I kind of got burnt out on the whole chef lifestyle. Yeah. And luckily the gym that I was going to, um, I'd kind of become friends with the trainers because I would always ask them a ton of questions and they happened to be looking for a new assistant fitness director. And I had been studying for the personal trainer certification, just kind of like not necessarily thinking I would make the jump in my career, but just, oh, maybe I'll do this on the side. I just want to learn for me. And then just kind of worked out where they needed someone just as I was thinking of making that jump. And so, you know, made the dive into the fitness world. Um, so yeah, that's kind of definitely not a straight path to this, but took a few detours along the way, but that's how I found myself working in the fitness industry. And here you are. With yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 
what skills would you say that you learned in your previous careers and in school? What skills are, if you could just pick two, pick three, I'm gonna limit you to three, like what are the top three skills that you've learned that you've needed to run your own gym? Because you guys are relatively new into the space. We are. Um, if I had to pick three, one I would say is, I don't know if I'd call this a skill that I learned, but like more of a mindset of to always be learning and evolving. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big part of being a chef is you will never know everything. You're always trying to like get better and learn and evolve. Um, two would be that the customer doesn't always know what they want. And so the skill side of that would be, and this was one thing I kind of excelled at in business school was in the marketing classes and really dissecting what someone says they want and what they actually want. And I think anyone who's been a trainer probably has dealt with this, whether consciously or subconsciously, like someone will come in telling you their goals. Um, but you have to really dissect, like, what do they actually want? You know, why are these their goals? And then you can help them get there. Cause a lot of the time they don't really know what they want. Um, you know, it's based on external influences and them thinking this is what they want. But then once they start, you kind of get there. Mm -hmm. um, one more. Who? it's tough. I'll come back to that. Yeah, maybe we'll cycle yeah. back. Uh, yeah, I'll come back to that. <laughs> I don't want to make your listeners listen to me sit and think for like two <laughs> minutes silently while I try to think of something. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch back on yeah. it. Sure. Make a note of that. So um, let's talk a little bit about marketing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you did before you even opened to prepare for your new members and getting them in the door? We, so I'll preface this by saying our concept is a little bit more specific than some gyms are. Like we don't offer open gym, we're just classes. We offer a strength conditioning program. And so um, we are not looking for hundreds or thousands of members. Like we are trying to be a little bit more targeted. And so the biggest thing leading up to opening was educating people on who we are and what we are. Um, you know, you can have a cool looking gym and post great photos, but we, because we were kind of trying to create our own niche in the market, um, especially in this area that we're in, um, we knew it was important for people to kind of know what to expect and to target those right people. Um, you know, like I said earlier, our clientele is more of a mindset and so um, really focusing on like letting those people that we're trying to get know that we're the gym for them. Okay. 
yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So really just mm-hmm. working on figuring out ways to get in touch with your ideal client mm-hmm. that has like a, I guess, a specific mindset. So like, what do you think is the benefit from niching down and targeting like a specific individual versus being like, we help everybody? I think one of the things I love about the fitness industry is there's kind of something for everyone. Like I've never been one of those people that has said this type of workout is what everyone should be doing. Um, I firmly believe that like the best plan is the one you'll stick to find something you enjoy. And so by being niche, we can focus on making that smaller group of people really happy. Um, I think one thing we see in the fitness industry a lot in gyms is people can struggle with retention. Um, You know, obviously we want to market, get new people in, get new members. um, But there's a lot of gyms that are getting new members, but also always losing members. And it's because people are kind of getting burnt out or they want to try something new or they like this about the gym, but there's something that like else that kind of like they might see a video of another gym and be like, well, that looks cool. And so um, by being more niche, we can really focus on like making that smaller group of people really happy and really satisfied and finding something that they love. Um, you know, so that's what we want to do is um, like create that community of people that stick around for a long time and really, you know, kind of fall in love with what we do. Yeah. Client retention, like you said, is exactly like you said, you can yeah. be getting however many members a month, but if you're losing, that's always going to yes. drag that number down. If one thing coming from being a chef, if you ask any chef, if we go into a restaurant and we see too many things on the menu, mm-hmm. my first thought, if I see like every kind of cuisine and all this stuff on the menu is they can't be doing all of this well. Like they just, you, you can't, you can't have one chef that knows how to do all of this. They can't possibly do all of this like to perfection and so by being more niche like if you've ever been to one of those restaurants that serves like one thing they do that one thing so well it is perfect like you know if I want that chicken sandwich I'm going to the place where that's all they do and so we're trying to be that for a gym we're saying this is the one thing we do And if you don't want it, great. Like I will give you suggestions on other gyms to go to. If someone comes to us and they're like, this isn't for me, I want this. I will send them to my friends somewhere else. But like, Mm -hmm. if this is what you're looking for, we're the ones who do it well. Like this is our hundred percent of our focus is on this one thing, you know? So So, somebody goes looking for like that more tailored individualized approach. Helix gym is the first, the first name that comes to mind. Yes. We want to be the ones doing that you know the best okay so so what does your like day-to-day look like um right now it is because we're so new we've been open for about a month um there's a lot of our I will usually wake up coach some morning classes um then I will depending on kind of how I'm feeling maybe I'll work out in the morning Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually a week ahead of the programming, so I'm testing them out. Um, so I am people have asked, like, are you do personally doing the programming that people in your classes are? Yes, but ahead of time that way, you know, 
I can test it out, make some tweaks. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've never written a perfect workout that didn't need a couple changes here and there. So, Mm -hmm. um, I test it out and then, um, walk my dog, come home, eat and coach some more classes. Um, and then in the afternoon, often like work on content to film for our social media or reaching out to different brands. Like we're planning some events and, you know, kind of finding partners here and there and then go back and coach some more. So, you know, it's days kind of broken up. Um, it's not like go to the gym, then I'm there for a while and then I go home. Mm-hmm. Like it's very back and forth mm-hmm. and kind of broken up, but that's kind of why I like it. You know, I get some breaks throughout the day and, um, yeah, just kind of taking it day by day. Yeah. But I mean, with the breaks that you have, um, so it's like kind of like a split shift. So you'll go in the morning, have a long break, like in the middle of the day and then go back mm-hmm. in the evening. You're making the most out of your time so that you can do things in your business that are going to continue to help it grow. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, what, what the, the things that you're doing on a daily basis, like what are, I guess, um, just daily habits that you think gym owners should have when there is like a large block of, of time or white calendar space. There's always something you can be learning. Um, and so, you know, even if, you're just at home reading some articles on your computer or, um, you know, and for us being kind of that, trying to kind of put ourselves in the community we're in, if that during those breaks, like I'm even just walking down to the local coffee shop and bringing some of our, um, we got some little cards made that say like free trial and on the back have a QR code. So just kind of handing those out to people and introducing myself, um, and trying to become part of the community. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always something you can be learning. Um, even if you're not doing something, I think we get kind of caught up in trying to do something that's going to directly and immediately impact the business. Um, but personal growth can definitely be um, a good use of time. That brings up another question. It's kind of popped in my head. Do you think that, I guess, like, let's say a person comes in the business and, does, and they don't necessarily have the best self-image. Do you think that, and to your point, like, of why personal growth is so important, do you think that, like, if they're not growing personally, then the business won't be growing as well? Is that, like, directly correlated? I think it is. Um, you know, I think... Yeah, I mean, you can't grow your business if you're not learning. Like, no one's going to get everything right immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think, like, our members will be able to sense, especially as we, you know, grow and have members that have been there for a while. I think they're able to sense when a person in a business isn't growing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it doesn't mean getting new equipment and, you know, obviously people like that, but I think like, you know, because we're class-based, like, is the programming evolving and getting better? Like, is this person learning? Are we introducing new things? And so, um, you know, I 
take it seriously that our members are investing not just in the business, but in me. And so, you know, I have a responsibility to them to, you know, continue to grow and try to get better. And, um, you know, I think that imposter syndrome is real. Like you said, if someone doesn't have the best self-image and I get it, I don't really know anyone that hasn't gotten imposter syndrome, um, except for maybe a few people who have way too big an ego and, you know, don't want to be that person, but um, using it as motivation. So, you know, trying to continue to grow and get better. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. So got a few more questions for you before we wrap. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the future. Mm-hmm. New Year is approaching in like less than 10 days or so. Um, yes. What are your plans for the new year and where do you want your gym to be, let's say around this time next year? So a year from now, what is your vision? Um, so my vision, I'll kind of break it down into a few things. Um, what we're doing kind of more immediately in the new year, um, you know, we're planning on running a new year's challenge. I know that's nothing new for people, um, but we really want it to be focused on accountability and performance. So, um, you know, we'll have some prizes, stuff like that. People will get points for doing things, but it's not going to be like results driven, especially because how many people actually get results within that first few weeks at the gym. We want it to be, okay, like you get a point for every class you go to. You get a point if you check off that you drank enough water today, like you have got a water goal you get a point for going on a 20 minute walk, you know, things like that. And so more just kind of creating that accountability um, and getting people to show up. People are very motivated that first week or two of the new year. And that motivation is never going to stay for anyone, myself included. There are days I'm not motivated. Um, But if we can kind of create that lifestyle change and accountability and make coming to our gym, just a part of their, daily routine um that's what we want to do is start to create those healthy positive habits um so that's one thing we're doing um longer longer term kind of looking at the future i'm focused a lot on retention you know obviously being a new gym we need to get more people in um but i don't want to constantly be fighting that battle of like trying to gain more members than you lose And so, um, you know, if I look at six months, a year from now, those people that sign up in January, February, those members that we get throughout the year, um, I'd like to keep, this might not be the most realistic number, I'd like to keep 75% of them. Like 75% of the people that sign up, I want to still be coming in six months, still be members. Um, You know, for your typical big box gym where people are just coming in doing their own thing. That's not a realistic number, but if we can create a community, create accountability and make coming to the gym, something people look forward to and something they just do. That's just part of their schedule without thinking about, um, you know, which is, I think one of the good things for a lot of people about doing classes, um, you've got your day and time that you usually come. And so it's just part of your routine. So I'd like to keep those members so that, um, six months from now and next year come this time, we're not that worried about getting new members. 
Um, you know, we are smaller, we're more boutique, we're more niche. And so we don't need a ton of members to break even and to be profitable. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, once we start getting those members and getting to those numbers, if I can just focus on keeping them, then we're not, it costs a lot less to keep a member than it does to gain one. Um, you know, early on, you have to spend plenty of money and effort on marketing, but, um, you know, if we can get there and then our marketing just becomes our members, they're posting about it. They're talking about it. They're bringing their friends in and not saying you don't have to worry about marketing, but at that point, it's kind of like your growth and your loss kind of balance out. So that's our long-term goal is member retention. I will be proud if we can retain a high percentage of our members. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, very, very well said. Um, but Zach, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. We are in Sherman Oaks, which is the Valley in Los Angeles um, for now, hopefully some more locations in the future. So, you know, maybe I'll come back on. We'll talk when we're getting ready to open more, yeah. but yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> expansion. Let us, yeah. let us get this one first and then we can talk about expansion down the line. Um, but yeah, we're in Sherman Oaks. We're on Instagram at Helix Gyms with an S. Um, same thing for TikTok and Twitter, although Instagram is probably the best place to kind of stay up to date um, on any events. So if you're in the LA area, feel free to drop in. Um, we've got some events coming up and stuff like that, some fun stuff. So yeah. All righty. Well, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you guys as well. Zach, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks um, for having me. No problem. But y'all, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business models in the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.